I get it started You are now tuned in to my parents' office yeah, With Brett Castle and Andrew Diaz New, new dropping, yeah, you know where I'll be at Believe that, New England flow in your speakers Tryna run game, lace heat like sneakers In a flashlight, lightning bugs I pop up at your spot and I'm lighting up, yeah JR on a mic and I'm next to blow No commercials, I turn it to an episode Better get down to business, begin the show So let me get going, welcome to MPO What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the My Parents Office podcast. Today we've got episode 128 of the show. On um, the second half of the episode, we have an interview with friend of the program, uh, Young Mantis. He joins. We did a Jack Harlow songs draft, uh, along with talking about a little about a little bit about the Indiana Pacers um, and kind of Mantis's whole um, career um, and what he's been up to with doing celebrity Madden tournaments. Um, and just partying with celebrities and kind of just falling into things. But uh, before we get into that, make sure you follow us on social media at My Parents Office on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube, My Parents Office Podcast on Facebook, and articles from the office on Substack. Uh, today, coming back, we've got Brett to talk a little college wrestling and some euphoria. Uh, Brett, what's going on? What's up, bud? How's your weekend? It was good. It was at the double L's wild finish to, uh, to the tournament, which was, you know, you always love to see stuff like that. Um, Danbury. And for a hundred percent of the people, what are the double L's? Yeah. So for Connecticut, if you're listening and you don't know Connecticut wrestling, or if you're from Connecticut and still don't know it, um, Connecticut's broken up into four classes S small school M mediums, L large, double L extra large Enfield's uh, an extra large school after combining the two high schools in town. Um, and, you know, double L is probably the highest competition of wrestling in the state of Connecticut. And you've got schools like the Southern part of the state is loaded. You got Fairfield Ward, uh, Danbury, um, Ridgefield's another good program. Norwalk took home a championship this year or uh, had a guy win uh, a championship this year. Then you've got East Hartford, uh, Manchester, Enfield. Uh, I think, a total of like 26 schools, 28 schools um, in the air in the tournament. But it, it was an entertaining one to say the least. And one I was glad to be at. Can we stop calling those state tournaments? Like it, even the Connecticut Facebook page or whatever the heck it is, Connecticut wrestling Facebook, when it says we have four, um, the four state, state tournaments happening this past weekend, Every state has qualifiers. It's yeah. not out of the ordinary. They're literally qualifiers. Most states call them districts, regionals, whatever you want to call them. We're weird and we have the LS, we have a letter system yeah. for sizes. I think Florida has a double A, triple A. I think a Which lot of pretty uh, much the exact same as it, it's the same thing. It's like L double L. Like it's the same way they break it up. But Florida, like many other states, that's the state tournament, and they just have three state champions, mm-hmm. like three, you know what I mean? Um, but <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. it's weird that we don't have anything that, like, makes it sound like a qualifier, because that's literally the only thing it is. Well, yeah, because you have to win a – you have to place have to top six. Place top five your, or whatever. At your class tournament to – move on to the state opens where if you win there, you are a state champ. And instead, like they call it, it's weird. They call it in Connecticut. Like if you're a, a double L champ, you're called a state champion. But when you win opens, you're called a state open champion, which is so bizarre to me. It should be 
you're a class champion. You're not a state champ. You're a class champ. And then if you win opens, you're a state champ. And I know we can't really call it like districts or regionals because it mostly has just to do with the size. Right. But at the same time, it's not like our state tournament has anything to do with size. We only have a one class state tournament. Yeah. So in that way, maybe we should have a districts regionals because it really doesn't affect the state tournament in any way. Yeah. And like your conference tournaments really don't mean anything. Like there's the, the, the CCCs were the weekend before and like half like Bristol's, the Bristol teams didn't show up. Um, trying to think there was another big school that didn't show up, but then like some of the schools, Oh, Glastonbury wasn't there. Then there's like some schools that don't wrestle their varsity kids. Um, and then you see them down the road at the, at the uh, double L's or at the opens. And you're like, well, I don't remember that kid from the CCCs. Well, it's, because his team either didn't show up or his team just didn't wrestle him. So like those don't really hold any weight. If you're a CCC champ, you're a, it's like an asterisk to it every year because a handful of kids in your weight class that aren't going to be there uh, don't wrestle. Like the, the heavyweight in the double L final this year for Southington didn't wrestle at the CCCs, but Southington was there. He was in the, the double L finals. So it's like, you didn't, that like the heavyweight that won it at double L's, probably would have lost to this kid who was a double L finalist. So it's that those don't mean anything. And then you need to just stop calling it. You're not a state champ. You're a class champ. Yeah. I'm not going to say any names, but we both know certain individuals <laughs> that like to call themselves state champs when they won the state qualifier. Yeah. And, and like, even on like the banners at schools, you're not a state champ. You're a like, at least at, at Enfield and Fern, or like Enfield high, they have the, yeah. old, the old like plaques on the wall or like old boards where it, it's got Enfield High broken up and Fermi broken up. And it's like class placers or class winners and then state placers and state winners. And if you want to call it state qualifier winner, heck yeah. yeah but it, it's definitely and it's not you and I both agree on this. It, you're just it's not it doesn't hold the same weight as being an actual state champ. Because it's, yeah, because <laughs> it's not, it's, it's weird. And it, it's just weird. How does mass do it? Cause they have a different system too, right? Than most States. They do districts. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So that makes sense. But then they're a one class state also, right? Oh, I think so. Probably Connecticut and up mm-hmm. is probably, I would assume most of new England, if not all is probably one class. Yeah, I, I would guess so. Because like it doesn't make sense to do multiple. It's not you're not a big state like Florida with a ton of high schools. Where well, I mean, it makes sense sometimes. It doesn't make other like California is one, which and is, like which that is wild that like you yeah, have one it, in California. Like that's pretty legit to be a these you're like I look at it. You're the state champion, one of the biggest states in in the union. And I think Virginia has like seven, <laughs> which. Virginia is a big state, but like you, I like if they did two or three, I'd understand it maybe, but seven's a lot. That's a little actually. You see the um, Virginia 106 pound state champ in one of the weight class in one of the one of the classes. Um, kid had no legs. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so what weight do you think he'd be if he had legs? Because like he's weighing in at one. I don't know. Anthony Robles would probably. Well, Anthony Robles had one leg. He'd probably be. Definitely more 125. That kid, uh, did you see um, that special on Netflix with the kid from Kent State, Zion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kid is big waist 
fucked up. So his whole body. Um, he'd probably be oof, like 174. I don't know. He, he was shredded and just like just in big, a big dude with just no legs. So, yeah, I mean, if you gave him because he, he, his legs would probably be huge also if you think about it. Like if, if he's proportional, factor. yeah. If he skips yeah. leg day. 141 maybe, yeah i was just at 41 maybe or maybe a 49 pounder but yeah it, it's uh it is weird how different the states are with that um but i i guess like i'd assume all of new england is essentially the same because for new england's you have to get like you'd have to send you 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 each state has like a certain amount of kids they can send i know connecticut is the top five at each weight class goes but i think maine might be like top two or three and i'm assuming vermont is probably the same. It's probably top five for all of them, just so they have maybe like an even bracket. I don't know. So that would be maybe what, 30 kids in each bracket. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's different for every state, but yeah. I, I know it used to just be like the top two in Connecticut would go, which is pretty wild. Like back, I think when Flynn was wrestling in high school, it was top two. Which, like, that's wildly – and I, I do like how it's the top five now because each match, each of those – the podium matches mean a lot more, especially that fifth, sixth one. You're pretty much battling for a spot to move on to New England's. Yeah, and I think New England should kind of have a little more weight to it because I think some people see New England's as the state uh, – some people, like, maybe the, like – toughest kids like the one through three kids in Connecticut they probably see the state open as a qualifier for New England mm-hmm. which they really shouldn't they should see it as their state state tournament yeah. so I think New England yeah. should have a little more weight to it like a little more I don't know I feel like not I feel like we shouldn't I don't know exactly how to word it but I think we should know more about new England in a way. I don't know. Like, I know it's like on flow and everything, but from the kids, like the Connecticut wrestlers, Massachusetts wrestlers, they don't know anything that's going on in new England, but I feel like it's a big deal if you're wrestling in those States. Yeah. Like for Connecticut, I like, I care way more about the state open than I do new England. Exactly. Because like a lot of those kids that you see placing, especially when you are in high school, you're seeing a lot of kids that you either your team wrestled against you wrestled against, or even like you saw at tournaments that dominated, like you're seeing a lot of, it's pretty much all kids that you've seen throughout the state or heard quote, like legend of through the state, like a kid, like maybe in the ECCs wouldn't wrestle an FCAC kid until uh, the state tournament or is the state open tournament. So now it's more, you're trying to watch film of this guy, like try to find matches that he wrestled in. So I think there's a lot more of that that goes into it. Um, but I, I think the opens are super entertaining. It, it's yeah, um, like that Hill House atmosphere is crazy when it comes to like the finals are intense, but the semifinals are just absolutely nuts because you've got the two matches going on where it's the winners, the winners are wrestling each other and there's just so much invested. There's four fan bases invested into two matches. It, it's absolutely wild. Um, is Xavier project, uh, predicted to win? I, th- I think so. I think they're going to roll through there. Just be like, did you see how the Xavier, I think 120 or 26 won his, he wrestled a kid from central um, with five seconds left. He was down 
He ended up winning the match eight to five. He was down, I think, f- five to four. He, with like five or six seconds left, charged the Bristol Central kid and he pushed back and he hit a lat drop on him and got four points. Like it was nuts. That's and how like, you do it. The camera angle shows just the Xavier team in the background and they're just going. Oh, uh, I saw that water. picture. That that was crazy. I saw that video, but double L's in a wild final, like final few weights. So they started at 170. And why? Then, I don't know. I'm not sure. Is 160, are they ranked or anything? No, no. It was just, I think they just figured like they, it was like they did like a normal dual meet where you just decide like a random weight to start at. It was weird, but it okay. worked out for like the, uh, entertainment factor because Danbury was up by like 10 or 13 points going into it. East Hartford was uh, in second ward was in third, but they were like, they were comfortably in third, but weren't going to take first or second. Um, and it came down to 152 and 160, the final two weights East Hartford was East Hartford needed two pins in those. Yeah. Two. They were down by uh, 12 points um, at 152 in the fifth, six match. Um, East Hartford gets a pin like late in the late in the third. So now they're down six and they've got a freshman wrestling in the finals um, against a kid from Ridgefield. And he sticks him early in the second period. And like, it was just wild. And then everybody was confused. Like all the Danbury kids were like, so do we tie or like, do they go to like criteria? And I'm like, I don't think you can go to criteria for a tournament. And all the Danbury coaches, like all five or six of them are around the table the head table trying to figure it out. It was just an unreal finish um, to, to that tournament. One I've never seen before. Sorry for my ignorance. What class is Xavier? L. L. They're weird. How many champs do they have? They had a, th- mm. I could pull 14. Did 14. Um, and I, I had it. Yes. Cause I mean, if they just have like, Three or four, let's just say guaranteed, but a school like Danbury has more placers, let's say, yeah. and the same amount of champs, it could be pretty close. Yeah, I'm I haven't been following, but bracket right now. Um, so they had. Does it show Max Dean winning? Show who? Does it show Max Dean winning? No, no. So they had one. They, so they had a champ at two twenty, a champ at thirty eight, twenty, thirteen, and six. So they had four champs, um, and then they had one, a finalist at two eighty five, a finalist at fifty two, a finalist at thirty two, a finalist at twenty six. So I, and then they probably all placed after that, or some of them probably did. Yeah, I would. I'm trying to see how many they're sending. Um, so they the 45, their kid took third. Um, 52, they had the finalists. 60, kid took third. 70, they didn't have anybody. 82, their kid took fourth. 95, they had nobody. So I think they're sending a total of 12 kids. And Danbury? I think nine, and East Hartford sending 12. Gotcha. 
So, I mean, I mean, if you want to transition to, sorry, it's going to be, I think it's going to be an entertaining state tournament, uh, but I think Xavier runs away with it just with how high their kids place. Like they didn't really have any, they didn't have anybody in the fifth, six matches. All their kids were top four that are advancing, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see two Connecticut guys in the, uh, probably the biggest duel of the weekend with NC state versus Virginia tech. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, NC State, the little the, the pipeline uh, they've built to Connecticut is pretty crazy. Um, but it, it, it's all oh, I can hear you typing to see the results. <laughs> I, of course I am. I, of course I am. I, I want to make sure I have the actual uh, right results this time. I will say it does not matter. It will never matter, apparently, how crappy Sam Latona's season is so far. Camacho could not beat him. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. I, I like. That that the first time they or the first time I saw them wrestle in the uh, I think it was the ACCs, with I was there, with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was that one just like hurt because he just Camacho just couldn't do anything against him, like literally couldn't. And it's kind of worse that um, they're probably closer to off the scale in this one. So Sam Latona is probably going to feel it in better um, for the ACC finals this year. So. I mean, the time to beat him was probably the duel, mm-hmm. which I mean, anything could happen. So obviously we're still kind of cheering, not kind of, we're obviously still cheering for Camacho for that rivalry, if you can call it that. But <laughs> it's a rivalry in Camacho's mind because he's like, it's like he's chasing a ghost that is uh, Sam Latona. And, and then Ryan Jack got the win, which was cool. Yeah, he's he's having a pretty good year. Um, so, well, Decent season. He's having a de- he's had a decent season for his first year as a starter. Yeah, yeah. But that's I think he'll Latona won for to pretty much to, to clinch the duel. What? That's a while ago. Never mind. Oh my god. <laughs> you type that in and it, it doesn't give you the, the thing right away. Hang on. I think it was like 25 to 10 or something. NC State won. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up. I don't know if we talked about it, but Hayden Highly beat Makai. That was a big match. That's huge, especially for uh, going for uh, what's it called? Nationals. Because that's a that's a, a weight that we kind of uh, talked about a little bit. Um, that, yeah, that I mean, we're going to see it again. We're going to see it again. I had Makai winning it too. I think I, the whole bracket? Yeah. I mean, I had uh, Hayden winning that match, but Hayden got pinned by a bum on, like, Friday. He got stuck. Yeah, okay, so, the, yeah, the final was 21-10. Oh, sorry. 21-10. Uh, but, yeah, that Makai Hydley match is a pretty, a pretty massive one. Um, I think when it, even when it comes down to seeding, too, and they'll probably wrestle again at ACCs as well. So, I mean, this isn't the last you're going to see of uh, that matchup of Hydley versus Makai. It can happen two more times. <laughs> Which is pretty damn exciting. Um, it's also worth noting that, since talking about 174, that Labriola beat Kemmer. Yep, I saw you saw you sent me that. That's uh, another big list. I think 74 is going to be a bloodbath weight. I, I think what's his name? Uh, Carter Staraki is the clear cut number one there, but the guys around him 
are it, it, it's so deep at that weight that yeah no there's no easy match to wrestle against Storaki. there's no easy match going into like the quarters <laughs> which is as a fan is is what you want to see yeah but, and uh, Tariq yeah. Wilson picked up a big win too against that uh, number five Bryce Andonian which another one, another big seeding match too. When we're as we're getting closer to nationals, um, which is uh, exciting to see because that's another match that we'll probably end up seeing again at at ECCs, along with the Sam Latona versus Camacho matchup. Um, Trent Hidley over Bolin. I think they're one and one against each other right now. So now two and one against each other. So big win right there. Yeah, and that was a that was a close one too. It was a two to one match. So again, that's another one that can go either way when those two guys wrestle each other. Yeah, Bowen hasn't had a great season, but it's just like a styles clash, I'm assuming, that those guys are always going to have a close match. Yeah, but that, that's an exciting, exciting duel me. And, and like, when it gets to this time, I, I start caring less about the duels and just get more excited about how the conference tournament tournaments are going to pan out and how the nat- – and pretty much who's going to seed where at Nationals. Um, When are – conferences i should know that but hold on big yeah big tens are march 5th and 6th so in a couple weeks i guess two weekends so not this weekend but next weekend same weekend as new jersey states yeah so are you how excited are you for uh new jersey states that'd be cool i haven't been to uh, what are you about to say i was gonna say where where do they hold those uh, Atlantic City, but I'm trying to see. Oh, I forgot the name of the place. Yeah, yeah. Might as well bring Zoe down for a few days. Have her- <laughs> he, uh, the fact that she hasn't left you yet is just absolutely immaculate with the amount of wrestling you've jammed down her throat so far. It's she is about as big of a keeper as it gets with dealing with the uh, the wrestling intake. And UFC. <laughs> yeah, that too. I, see, I think UFC is easier to watch because, like, there's more fireworks stuff that can happen. Like, there's punching, kicking, uh, takedowns. Wrestling, if you're not a fan of wrestling, can be very tedious to watch. Uh, especially Listen, if you're new to it. she's a simple person in a good way. If there's fire in the tournament, she's like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 well, especially – well, you guys went to the Princeton Cornell one. If people are cheering too, you're gonna get even more into it. Like if it's a if it's a good crowd, people are excited, then you're going to want to get more into it. So that that is a good thing. Like the wrestling crowds are fiery. I think your favorite wrestler is Quincy Monday. <laughs> really? Yes. It's not, a, it's not the greatest pick, but it's not a terrible one. Well, I mean, I think the first thing I showed her in general, because I think we started dating in August. Um our sixth month is actually this weekend. Um, but the first thing that was on, because it was one of the first duels of the season, was Princeton and Iowa. So I think the first match you might have seen was Monday and Caleb Young. Quincy, Quincy Monday is a massive human being. I'm looking at pictures of him right now. I mean, is he? He's, he's pretty short compared to, like, his brother. I was just saying, like, he's jacked. Like, he's not yeah. a tall person, but he is um, 
he, he is he's filled into his body. He's someone who I really would like to see on the podium this year. That would be a cool thing to see. Especially Princeton, who to, is it? I mean, he, I, I think it, he's ranked ten right now. He's ranked ten, but he's and he's taken a couple crappy losses. But I think he could beat anybody from like five through eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's especially when you get between that like ten to six range, it does become really anybody. It, it's I wouldn't say anybody's race, but it's uh, or he's ranked eighth right now. Never mind. So he is projected to at least in the rankings right now is projected to place. Um, yeah, it, I doubt he's gonna lose for us. I mean, he has one more tough match with Josh Humphreys out of Lehigh for EAWAs, but then Humphreys is the is ranked right above him. He's at seven. Yeah, exactly. So he's not gonna between now and EAWAs. There's a like no chance he'd probably be seated any lower than like eight or 10 i'd assume so beat any of the guys in the top five who's in top five david carr no uh deacon deacon beat him this year and it wasn't close jacory teamer maybe brayton lee he's out uh austin o'connor so technically that means um that would mean Quincy is seven because Brandon Lee is out for the season. Oh, I forgot about that. So, and then, so then what's his name bumps up? Jared Frannick from North Dakota State. That's cool. Um, South Dakota State killed North Dakota State the other day. Really? It was like something to three. Jesus. Which, I mean, I would like to see those as, like, a rivalry because it's, like, you know, king of the Dakotas. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> that was a slaughter. 32 to 3. Good Lord. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, and the only match they won was at 157 with uh, Frannick. Uh, he got a, a 10-3 decision over Kenny O'Neill. But, yeah, the rest of them just, they absolutely buried him. Good God. <laughs> um. Obvious, I normally have a – I don't watch too much wrestling on weekends. So, I normally go on a Rockfin besides, like, key duels. Yeah. So, I normally go to Rockfin and uh, Intermat normally posts um, – on Friday, they post all the results from the Friday duels. And then on Sunday night, they post all the duels from Saturday and Sunday. Mm. And <laughs> there's so many that are, like – with two, like, teams that are not great. Sometimes, like, there's a bunch that are, like, 45 to zero. Like, it's crazy to think that a team that isn't great, like, not even not great. There's there's teams that, like, in Division One aren't even good compared to, like, even, like, the top 10, let's say. Yeah. But then there's teams that, like, can go 45 to zero under them. Which is – it's crazy. Like, th- there is a weird separation. Like, there's – the tiers in re- college wrestling are so odd – or I wouldn't even say odd. There's just such a drop off when you get into those tiers. Like the good bet. There's like good, really good teams, good teams, and then like good bad teams, and then just bad bad teams. And like those bad bad teams are getting 45 would by the good bad teams. It's an odd thing to see. Yeah, we have one of those teams. <laughs> yeah, but uh, which is kind of interesting because um, what's the D three school? In Connecticut, uh, Coast Guard. Yeah, 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 Coast Guard. 
They're probably what, like top five, top ten in D three. Uh, I'd imagine they're pretty good. Another team that's having a good year. Yeah, no, no. I'm just saying, like, it's kind of crazy to think that Connecticut, um, is like I'd say above average in that D three school, but then definitely below average for Sacred Heart. Yeah. So it's Wartburg is number one. Um, yeah. They're legit. North Central as uh, in second. Then t- we have three teams tied for third: Baldwin, Wallace, uh, Wabash, and then Coast Guard is uh, tied for third. See, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it, it's a, and then the rest are just like Midwest states, like Midwest schools: yeah, our- Milliken, Central, Mount Union, Mount Saint Joseph, uh, Oshkosh, all those out Augsburg. So I mean, it's it is nice to see that a, a New England school, especially a Connecticut school, is in the mix with those pretty legit. Uh, Midwest Division Three programs. Yeah, and I'm I'm really not trying to compare the quality of D three and D one, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it, it's kind of telling that you can keep some D three sorry yeah some D three guys in Connecticut or even bring some outs one outsiders in. Yep. And I don't know how they were in high school, but have a lot of growth. And then you look at the D one school in Connecticut, and they probably are they they stay par. They like they don't get any better yeah you're talking sacred heart right correct yeah it's it is weird the sacred heart of the colleges we have in connecticut is the only one with a division one program when yale is literally the first school ever to have college wrestling in america i'm not like i I was gonna say that like i'm not even talking uconn like i'm I'm not surprised uconn i am and i am not surprised uconn doesn't have a program but yale not having one when all the other Ivy Leagues do is just dumbfounds me. It's dude. Never mind that they don't. They were the first to. I know. I know it's crazy. Like before Penn State, before Iowa, there was Yale. I'm not saying we were good, and it doesn't cost any money, dude. Like it's kind of ridiculous. Like that was the whole. You have thing. Nolan Weiss starting wrestling at <laughs> freaking University of New Haven, but down the street we can't have a D1 wrestling program. That, that was the thing. That's like. Again, with like Connecticut, though, it, it's you've got the bigger schools in Connecticut don't have programs, but then there's a bunch of D3 ones. Like, I shouldn't say a bunch, but there's a handful of D3. Like, Central doesn't have a program. Uh, Division two schools, like New Haven has a club team that Nolan started, and which is a weird, it, it, <laughs> those are that's a sentence I never thought I'd be saying, but uh, <laughs> Southern doesn't have a program, uh, West Con doesn't. And then you get schools like Trinity has a program. Uh, CGA has one. Um, I think those actually may be the only two Division three programs in the state. Also, I will laugh at it, but obviously I respect that no one started that so much. That's awesome. I mean, he he's he was taught – I saw him – he was at Double L, so I was talking to him um, about it. And it, it seems like they're going in the right direction. They're actually like – trying to get a budget from the school so they can hire an actual coach because right now Nolan and like another kid are the coach. They're like Jackie moon in semi-pro. They're the founders, coaches and wrestlers on this team. So it, it's a, it's hilarious, but it is really cool that he's bringing a program to new Haven that hopefully when he graduates, that continues to grow and um, helps kids that didn't wrestle at like, at the division one, division two, or division three level, continue to uh, participate in a sport that they really like. 
Yeah, dude. And even if he could get to like NAIA status or like even club stat, is They're what is clubs at Juco? Year, I think. Dude, there's some good teams. Like, that's not a joke, and that's not a knock on, like, because, like, UCF, they have a good club team. Club wrestling and club hockey are two of the most competitive, like, sports because they're also the two hardest ones, the two hardest sports, I think, to go Division One in or even Division Two. Like, it's so difficult for kids to really go Division One, or Division Two in wrestling and hockey that the trickle-down effect has kids just go to a college to get a good education versus wrestle division three. And then they wrestle club and just build a pretty solid program, um, which is a cool thing to see. And that's the same with hockey. Kids will play juniors and uh, play a little bit after high school and then eventually just play club. But the club level is pretty, pretty damn legit. Um, But yeah, I I would love to see that new Haven club team next year, take the step and watch Nolan actually wrestle competitively again. That would be a, I would be at at least two or three of those duels to see Nolan wrestle again. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm trying to find something real quick. Did you see um, Gannon Gremmel, the uh, Iowa heavyweight who – What? Again, great name? Yeah. Um, I, I forgot where – he tried to – I think he graduated from Iowa State, and he tried to go to – I mean, he's at the school, but yeah. he's at like a D2, D3 – hold on. Gannon. He's got he looks um, like, like his face. I'm looking at his roster picture from Iowa State. So I can't I totally forgot the school. Oh wait, here it is. Um multi-division leader Loris connects on Hail Mary to add. Is it Loris? He's an injury left forward. Loris University? Is that what it is? Is he, is he there? Yeah, so he went there, but now they're saying that he can't compete or he, they won't give him eligibility because he has two bachelor's degrees. Really? Yeah, so what are they? They are... What's, the, what's it called? Uh, Lawrence? L-O-R-A-S, Lawrence University. Loris College. They are... They're, what was that? I said Loris College in Dubuque, Iowa. Yeah, let's say they're D3. Yep. Yeah, so I don't know how many years of eligibility he had for Division One, but he went to Loris University probably for another degree because I guess a uh, pretty smart lad right there. Mm-hmm. And they, they won't give him eligibility, not because of how many years he competed, but because of his degree status. That's weird. Well, is, that is weird. Is he trying to get another bachelor's? I don't know. I, I mean, I'll, I, I'll ask him later. I could, yeah, get, get him on the horn. But uh, <laughs> I could see that maybe being an issue. If he was going for his master's, I don't think it would be. But I, I just don't see how the two relate to each other when it comes to, like, you're already at the school. It's not like that's the issue. It's, I don't really see how you court the degree thing which is weird well was that i said it's not an eligibility issue it's the degree issue which is no exactly it's just weird how you correlate academics with the sports if you still have eligibility it's not like you technically did anything wrong besides trying to do smart stuff yeah that's odd i don't understand that that's weird that is weird i don't know (laughs) 
Um, you want to talk a little euphoria? Let's do it. So you're not caught up yet. Episode dropped last night. Um, I told Brett, not one of my, did you watch it last night? Uh, yeah. Well, I forgot about it. I was watching again, entourage with my dad. He went up to bed. I was, uh, doing some stuff on my computer. And then I remembered, I was like, Oh yeah, it came out. Um, I'm going to say one thing. So Zoe left around probably eight o'clock. We watched that show together and I don't understand why streaming services. I mean, I, I get it in the sense of they know how many watch it at a certain exact time, mm. but when it's not on like cable or anything, or it's not like on HBO's like actual TV channel, like why not have it drop like the midnight going into Sunday? I, I, like I, you can still have a scheduled day of it coming out. I'm more than okay with the once a week kind of thing. I know a lot of people don't like that. But I mean, the nine o'clock on Sunday when it's not on like cable or something, it's weird to me. It's not like people have to like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. Like, I wish it was for my selfish reasons. I wish it was out just so I could binge it all in like a day. But I do understand. Yeah, I get, I get the why they're doing the, uh, the like once a week. It, it builds up a, it builds a lot more buzz around it than if somebody blows through the season. Like, Twitter, well, listen, I prefer the season. But I, I that doesn't piss me off. Twitter I just don't going nuts. Like it, people live tweet it, and like you're following along with it while you're watching, and like it, it's built like this. It's cultivated this community with it dropping at nine o'clock on Sundays. So overrated. So that's that's the question we're we're gonna try to kind of like navigate through. Is has the show almost become overrated because of its success and how much of a audience it's built i guess it is the question here so it's also kind of how you um define success because it's success in its like its audience review but it's also not one of those shows that are like winning awards left and right so i know i know it doesn't really matter to the average person but what it's just weird to me when a show is so culturally cultivating where like like you said it's starting like an uproar every sunday at nine o'clock like Mm -hmm. it's probably one of like the most memed shows right now when it comes to like the younger demographic oh yeah and many celebrities endorse it and all like the stars are getting um they're on magazine covers left and right I'm not sure always for the right reason because obviously a character who is a really good actress like Cindy Sweeney does get over-sexualized a little bit, but. Yeah, in um, the episode you're going to watch, you'll actually, the, the next one, you'll see a lot of that um, come into play. But I mean, it's been nominated for a ton of stuff. It's won, It won the Hollywood, like, it, but it's one of these smaller awards. None that yeah. have, like, really hold any weight in the... Uh, in, in the world of TV and film, like it, it, it won the Hollywood Music and Media Award for Best Original Song in a TV show. Like, okay, you won that. That's not even about the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, won Best Actor in a Limited Series, Anthology Series, or Television Movie um, for... What's an anthology series? I don't know. Like, and the guy that won it was, uh, what's his name? Ali. I do like Ali. I like him too, but he, how much of a character... He's not in every episode. It's not like a Zendaya or a, a or a Nate Jacobs. Um, I'm looking through the other ones they've won. They won a 
Best Television Pilot and First Season Drama by the Casting Society of America. Um, Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series for Primetime Emmys. Um, Zendaya won that. Outstanding Music and Lyrics for All of Us by Labyrinth in the show. They won that. So that's really, again, not even them. Um, so, it, But it's been nominated for just a ton, but again, didn't win. So like, that's where I think the overrated factor comes in. Is it's not winning all these awards all over the place. And it's, I think, well, Euphoria started as like this cult following, but it's just ballooned into this phenomenon with season two and the hype around season two building up. Yeah, and the award thing is just a factor into my argument of it being overrated. It's not my overall. Like, in my opinion, it's just, like, the story isn't that strong. Like, the only thing that, pe- that like, gravitates people to watching it every week, I don't really care about the story that much. It, the only thing is the characters, in my opinion, where people want to see what might happen to, I don't know, Cassie and... Uh, Maddie, who are probably two of the most unlikable people on TV. Like, there's the big plot lines. Like, you, when Rue gets the ten thousand uh, dollar suitcase of drugs, you follow along for a storyline like that because there are scenes in this show with I think that storyline in particular where like the mom flushes it, you get like ill. Like, I was sick watching that scene. I was just, I was like, this is going to make me like there's parts where like your skin crawls um i know there's gonna be a payoff with that but i feel like that storyline is so underutilized right now especially if it ends in season two like if they just tie that off with like one episode like oh my god the problem solved she got a loan she paid off the crazy drug lady who sells women like yeah i don't know there's some storylines where i feel like if they used more I, I wouldn't be saying what I'm saying, but the fact that the majority of the show is just like kind of a shitty love story mm-hmm. where it's not even, in my opinion, that interesting. And a lot of it is just like, again, I love the show and I'm going to continue watching it, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is just like going in circles. Like Rue's on drugs. Rue's pretending to not be in drugs, even though she is taking jo- drugs. Yeah, she's she going to go into rehab. She's at a rehab. And then just love triangle in season two with, uh, Zendaya and Dominic Fike, like it, it's uh, is that his name? Who 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 plays him? Isn't that a isn't that a singer? That's the guy that plays uh the weird guy that Elliot. Is, yes. Wait, really? I'm dead serious. Wait, bizarre casting. Like, I like his music. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, it, he's a. I hate his character, but he's a good singer. Like, I think he's a good I actor. I listened to him so much without even knowing it was him. Wow, interesting. But so, like, there's that storyline which people get sick of. And the one storyline that they did a good job with getting rid of was just Kat in general. Because she sucks. I Like, she is the worst character because Ethan is, like, the only person that genuinely cared about her. And she just pushed him away for literally no reason. It was just an asshole to him. Like, I hate her character. Listen, my favorite characters are the ones that, like, aren't even main characters. Ali, Lexi, yeah. Fez. Well, I guess e- they're be- Lexi into, like, a main character, which I think might... I think that could lead to, like, the audience hating her more. Why do you say that? Does that have to do with... um, um 
the most recent episode? No, I wouldn't even. Well, like they, they do a lot about her play. And I don't even think that's going to lead the audience. I just think the more the main character, the more characters get involved, the more they become unlikable. And I just think they're going to end up doing that with Lexi, where they're just going to focus so much on her and just make her a very unlikable character. Like, have her do things that make her unlikable. That's just what I think the direction's going. I think the one people, the one character people will never sour on is Fezco. Yeah. And Ashtray. <laughs> Ashtray's great. Ash, Ashtray's nuts. Like, Fezco's not, Fezco's just a drug dealer. Ashtray is out of his mind. And is like 10 years. Ashtray old. already has more bodies on the show than Fez. <laughs> no, literally. He, he, it's, well, did Fez kill the guy when he robbed the no. house? No. Just, okay, so then that's not a body. So, yeah. Uh, ashtray does yeah um, that day that same day <laughs> yeah wild um but yeah it's i almost now hate watch the show just off the fact that i don't like the majority of the characters like i don't know and, which i feel like that kind of still goes into it like the story isn't that engaging like you're not watching it like you're watching it more cringing than interested into what happens next Mm -hmm. and you kind of root for bad things that happen to some of the main characters and for good things that happen to the secondary characters yeah like Like you want good that plays into like a show we both watch is entourage you were i feel like we're genuinely invested in like the whole smoke jumpers saga uh, we, we just watched that's so like that's fresh in my mind like will vince actually get kicked off this movie was something you were invested in or the the making of uh queen's boulevard and trying to get us um james cameron to sign on for aquaman you were genuinely like is this actually going to happen like you followed that storyline not just because of the characters but because the storyline was very interesting this show is so character driven that when the characters get less likable, the audience is going to turn. Speaking of Entourage, there is a uh, French movie being made called Medellin. Really? And I don't know if you know this guy. Do you know who Ciro Gane is for UFC? The last guy who fought Francis Ngannou. No. Well, he's one of the he's one of the bad guys in it. <laughs> I guess they start shooting soon. Medellin. That's awesome. It is awesome. And then they were talking about that on uh, Ariel Hawani's um, podcast or show, whatever you want to call it. And he brought up Entourage. That's awesome. That, that's, a, that's funny. Um, quick question for you. What movie for Vincent Chase do you wish got made? Like the one, because there were, I, going back, there's so many I forgot about that never got put into production or got shut down. Is there a particular one you remember that you wish that they actually like went through with it and made? I think, I think, I don't know if this is like a cliche answer because it's like the first one, but um, probably uh, uh, what's the Boulevard one? Um, Queens Boulevard. Queens Boulevard. Just because of how well it did in the movie or in the show, I would like to see it. Oh no, no, I'm saying in the show, like you know how there were. Like, I'm not talking like a movie that they made in the show. Oh. I'm, I'm saying, like, there were a lot of projects in that that never actually be, became movies. Like, got shut down early in production or... Yeah, okay. Um, the, the one that... Um, what's his face? Who's the freaking crazy director? The German guy? No, the one that did Queens Boulevard. Oh, Billy. Billy Walsh. 
Yeah, Billy Walsh. Um, the one that he was writing that got um, the one that was based off the book, maybe Silo. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Wasn't he like making it like a weird, like crazy sci-fi thing? Completely like mangled like what the book was and just turned it into yeah. like a sci-fi on a mountain type of thing. Because yep. it, his reason was because Vince with the Sherpa felt too gay to him. I mean, didn't he like make Vince gay the first thing he wrote for Vince too? I think he put it in as like a joke. A joke. No, no, I know. But reading the script and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was like a test. Yeah. I see there was one that was brought up that they fought for the script. It was the old guy, uh Bob. You remember him? He was always pop up that uh E went to his mansion and like they had lunch and he was golfing with Ari the day the guy the had the heart attack. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The older, older guy that one was second. with them when Alan had the heart attack. Yeah, okay. So he had a script about the Ramones. That he yeah, 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 yeah. I wish that one got made because that would have been an awesome because like Dana Gordon was on board for it. And that's pretty much what led to her firing was she told Ari that Alan was just going to buy the script and never make it. So that would have been a very cool one to see. And that Vince was super excited for that, right? He was pumped about it. When he found out he was upset, um, they didn't make it. But that would have been a real cool one to have them go through with. Yeah, and when it comes to ones that were made, I would like to see the one that was uh, in the movie. I don't know if you can hear it. There were very loud people, like, very close to me. Like, I don't know if it's outside right now, but... Any doorstep just hanging out? I don't know. It's, this is a very quiet place, so I don't know what's going on right now. When I came down, I was like, your complex area was pretty quiet. Like, nothing really going on. Yeah. If anything, I feel like I am the loud one, unfortunately. <laughs> There's so many old people around me, and... <laughs> But yeah, if I if I had to pick one of like the ones they actually made to become like to become a movie, Queens Boulevard is the cliche one, but it is the one I'd probably want to see the most. Um, I would have liked to see how bad Medellin was. Yep, that's what I was thinking. Um, because they sold that off a trailer, which was crazy too. Like they were like, "Wow, this movie is actually awful," but we can milk this by how good the trailer actually looks which I thought was funny. Um, do you think is- I would have no interest really because I've it's another superhero movie. Um, head on. No. Um, which one was head on the very first one? Like that. Oh, uh, is that the one where that's the one that uh, Ari was like, you're number one in whatever category that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're behind yeah. the cartoon dog or something. Yes. Uh, one of the, sh- I wish what's it, uh, Johnny Bananas was made too. Dude, you, you love Dice Clay. I love, he's, I think he's hilarious. And just the, him, I think that would have been a funny cartoon. It would have been like a, a raunchier cartoon, like a, a Futurama or a, uh, like a Family Guy kind of comedy. Like it would have been, I think that vein would have actually been. Yeah, pretty- like Rick and Morty or some shit. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a perfect uh, comparison. Would have been like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it. All comes back to Entourage. Always, always. Um, I mean, it's cool that uh, seems like they're finally making that. I don't know if they're filming yet, but it seems like that project's finally coming from the, finally being created with that new Charlie Sheen, Doug Ellen, um, yeah. 
drama e uh, yeah that, what was that i said kevin conley because they did you see on instagram they showed the pictures of it yesterday yeah that i'm excited for that i i am too we got we should watch that together when it comes out is that gonna be a show or a movie it's a show I right i think i'm assuming a show i mean i wonder how many people after initial release i wonder how many people are going to be seeing that who are entourage fans like i'd say a good 60 65 percent at least because you're going to also get the diehard charlie sheen fans that watched him in two and a half men yeah yeah um excited to see him come back i uh I, did you ever watch two and a half men i loved two and a half men when i was a kid yeah had, you know I, the uh the, the crazy lady that had, I can't remember her name right now, but the crazy lady that loved Charlie, the one that was like his neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Zoe into watching It's Always Sunny and we started from episode one the other day and she was in like episode three or four. And she also <laughs> plays uh, DiCaprio's wife in Don't Look Up. Oh, you're right. Yes. Yeah. I about that. Huh, that's interesting. I mean, if you want uh, one more thing about Entourage, uh, about Euphoria, um, one character who I'm not very upset that isn't consistent in season two, McKay, and he's not even there. Like literally, no. Well, he's in season. He was in the episode one, but, yeah, but well, after that, like it's been like literally nothing. But he was not a great character. Yeah, and now they're uh, um, on Hulu. They're like shoving this one ad down people's throats, and it's this new movie, something Android. And um, McKay seems to be one of the main characters of that. Yes. Pass. So I wonder if while they were filming season two, they are filming that. Like, I wonder if McKay would have been written into season two. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I just don't know where he would have fit because he's in college. I don't know either. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But that's interesting. One, He was like, they kind of just like kept shoehorning him in. Yeah, I didn't like the character. But um, that's one character that if they were trying to like, make into a film star and like headline films. Yeah. I wouldn't really think McKay, to be honest. No, because he was still, even when they tried to push him into euphoria, he was like the fifth or sixth person you thought about. Yeah. And even the secondary characters, I think about them as main characters, which we kind of talked about a little bit ago. Yeah. They're yeah. No, I agree with that. But, uh, I think that'll wrap that up. We've got our interview with, uh, Friend of the pod, a guy that was instrumental in getting Joey Chestnut on the show, uh, Young Mantis. So I hope you guys enjoy that. And here it is. All right. Now joining the show for his uh, second appearance, we've got a friend of the program, Mantis, uh, the creator of 3-1 Heaven, um, and a guy that came on at the beginning of the show. Uh, was super thankful for that. And another guy, before we get into it, I have to thank for uh, – getting the wheels moving on uh, us landing Joey Chestnut as a guest. Um, Mantis saw the DM that I posted, reached out to Joey, and Joey got back this morning. He's going to be coming on the show. So uh, I have to say thank you for that. So, uh, Mantis, how are you? Yeah, man. Hell yeah. He, he messaged me too. I sent him the DM and he said, LOL, the first thing I noticed is his birthday, 4th of July. <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, I'll respond to his message. And here we are. I, I appreciate that a lot, man. That uh, means a lot. Oh, yeah. But uh, since the last time you've come on, we uh, y- you've been doing a lot. A lot's been uh, going on in your life. Um, you launched Three One Heaven. Um, I gotta I gotta 
hoodie ordered. Um, I got the email it should be shipped out uh, Friday, which I'm pumped about. Um, so I'll have that. But uh, so what was the the start for you with uh, 3-1 Heaven and kind of what made you pull the trigger on actually starting up the business to sell the hoodies? I thought of the idea about a year and three months ago. I thought the idea when I was when I was first out of Barstool. I okay. wanted to be like, a, you know, Lyrical Lemonade? Yes. I, was trying, I wanted to be like that, but for Indiana. But realistically, I don't know what I was doing at the point. So that's why we did the, the That Boy Bent podcast to start doing something. And mm-hmm. after doing that, I'm still doing, I haven't done the podcast in a few months, but I'm, I'm sure I'll, it'll be back. I'm trying to bring it back on Monday for a little special Valentine's Day episode where I call up every girl that I've kissed and I've gotten head from and all the, all that fun stuff, you know? Oh, so, that's so weird. Last time you did it, it was just all the girls that you kissed. So now we're adding girls that have given you head as well to the mix. Yeah, we've gotten head. We got another New Year's kiss. We got, I didn't, go. I didn't call Lisa Ann last time. I'll have to try and call her this time. Definitely. That's, you you that's definitely like, got that's my, that's my first time. Yeah, that's my first time tasting dick. So then we'll call her too. And so we'll do that. Um, Three one heaven. The Naptown is the na- nickname for Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and three one heavens. I didn't start the name. I've heard of it. It's, it's not really that popular. So this clothing brand, I wanted to popularize it by making it the name three one heaven a clothing brand, and then cater it to all the cool kids, all the young kids, college kids, the uh, yep. athletes, all the people that want wear swag, not just like little little print off bullshit kind of logos and put right, style right. to it. Put Indiana on the map. Yeah. So. It's just hoodies. What, what made you want to just do the hoodies? I mean, because you've got a bunch of different colors that you're putting out. What was the idea of just doing that? Or are you going to maybe roll out T-shirts when it comes summertime? Because you dropped it in the fall, in the winter, when it uh, um, really is in an inopportune time to just be wearing a T-shirt. Yeah, it's just hoodies for now. It's going to be but, every type of clothing eventually. But with, the, with it being in the winter, we thought hoodie was the, first, was the best first option to do. With the spring and summer coming around, we want to do some t-shirts. We're going to do a little thing for the Indy 500, the biggest race in Indiana, also one of the biggest races in general. So mm-hmm. we want to do some Indy 500 stuff. But it's going to expand to, you know, shirts, shorts, sweatpants, everything. But without hoodies, we made it $40, make it very cheap and affordable, and then yep. you can spread the word. People get the photos. It's a good little startup to have everyone rocking it. And down the road, we get more funds, and we can start messing with what the price is. Make sure, make sure it's still affordable, but, you know, it's, it could just go up and, whoever's wearing it and whatever celebrity can wear it too. Now, is there a, I, you, you've gotten it in the hands of uh, some big, big names from Indiana. Is there still somebody that you're looking to get it in the hands of, or uh, one that like, like I said, one that you really want to see rep the three, one heaven brand. Definitely Drake. He's been very hard to reach out to. I was him a few times, but he just hasn't responded yeah. to me. I don't have his number, but if I had Drake, then I would. Um, definitely man. we, I sent one to Rito Sanchez, the punter for the Colts. Okay. He had worn it. You know what's funny? I sent, you know, Kenny Moore? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was a ball boy when he first started at the Colts, my first two years. And I DM'd him saying, hey, would you like the hoodie? We can send you one. He unfollowed me the day after. So that was pretty Are cool. Are you serious? Yeah, Walter Payton, man of the year. What a guy. Oh my God. You can air that out. I don't care. Fuck him. <laughs> That's so disrespectful. <laughs> I'm like, do you do your laundry? I'm like, hey, sorry, sorry for DMing you about free sweatshirt. That's, I should have known better. My bad. Wow. That, and like, just, you just asked, did he respond to you at all or just unfollowed uh, you? Just unfollowed me. That's, that's a dick move. That, that's, he's, that's, he's a Walter Payton man of the year, bro. He's a good guy, obviously. Come on. Yeah. What? He's got my vote. 
Will you attempt to get uh, one of the sweatshirts in the hands of uh, one of the new trade acquisitions, uh, Tristan Thompson? Will that? Will you okay. try to get it into onto his body? Yeah, I'm just gonna go to every club every Friday or Saturday night and try and find him with some mom or some baby mama, and then yeah. say, "Man, before you get her pregnant, it's a sweatshirt. Can we get a Twitch photo." No, no, I, I've never been to Indianapolis, but uh, for the people that may listen from Indiana and Indianapolis, what is the spot that you think uh, Tristan Thompson will find his next baby mama? Because like LA is an easy spot with the amount of clubs. I mean, Cleveland is, uh, I can't imagine, is a great scene for that, but I'm sure he found a way. Indiana, what is what is the spot for Tristan Thompson to find his next baby mama? Funny, I made a TikTok about it and had a, a little Instagram TikTok about it last night. They mm-hmm. did some good traction, but the, the top spots they were actually have right here. It was Envy Nightclub, okay, which was originally Rebel, originally someone else, minus 1,000. Jack Harlow actually, uh, just, he did a little short set there in April last year. Okay, TT Bob's that's a hell that, that TT Bob's is an incredible bar. It's just like every every character's there, it's just a it's it's an incredible spot. Taps and dolls. You know what's funny? Taps and dolls. When I first went there, it's a it's a predominantly um, black setting. But so when you're white, when I was I was like the only white kid walking in there with my first time there, and this black girl danced on me and twerked on me as I walked in the room. And it was the greatest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I've never had a white girl like twerk on me, and I've been like, "This is pretty dope." And she was like going off the rails. I was like the happiest kid on the block. Well, good. That that's good. That, uh, good for you yes. with that one. Yes, these white girls don't know how to dance. That's why I learned that moment. Like this is incredible. <laughs> I hate white girls too. Dave and Buster's in Castleton. That's a sleeper. Dave and Buster's is a is a staple in Castleton, Indiana, which is about twenty minutes up north of Indy. Well, also huh? with David with Dave and Buster's, he could find there. It's not the the clubbing scene, but it's uh, maybe universal. You're gonna find probably maybe a single mom that he could, you know, maybe step in as this kid's stepdad. Eventually, we never know. I mean, that hasn't been Tristan Thompson's mo, but you never know how it could go if he finds the right woman and finds a baby mama at Dave and Buster's, maybe while playing like, I don't know, Papa shot or ski ball. Like that, that could be the way it goes. Oh yeah. Especially going to be at the popping shot 25, seven there. It's step moms on deck. Yeah. I'm sorry. All kinds of moms on deck. That's the perfect spot to find one. Sunset strip, probably the most interesting unsafe strip club in Indiana, but Hey, it's a staple. And then it, uh, Twin Peaks, that's a restaurant. It's like Hooters times three. It's so much better than Hooters. Just uh, lingerie night if I could go back. Anyway, and then Top Golf and Fishers. That's a sleeper because Top Golf, a lot, some, a lot of uh, Colts players go there. A lot of rich people go there. So, you know, if he wants a, a rich stepmom, eh, Swain, and, Swain and Pump, I don't know. It's, it, it, I do like the sleeper picks, the two in there, like, because uh... – you know, the David Buster's one for me, like that's a place for the common man. That So, I mean, if he goes down there, I think that's a pretty good sleeper pick. Top golf, another one. A lot of people know top. about it. Top yeah, golf. Top golf. Top yeah. golf. <laughs> so uh, that's another one. I mean, it's a different crowd that he's going to find at a strip club or a nightclub. So, you know, maybe he's uh, over the club scene in uh, out in LA or, or uh, out in Sacramento. So uh, th- this could be a new change of pace for uh Tristan Thompson, but I, I do like the odds there. It's a shot to become an indie animal, as I call us. Indie animal. I like that. I like yeah. that. We're deadly. So how do you feel about the trade? I mean, it, it seems like the, the perfect time to get you back on because 
I reached out and the trade hadn't become official yet or really hadn't been announced. How are you feeling as a Pacers fan? I, I know Kings fans aren't too thrilled about it. Um, so I'm wondering from a Pacers fan perspective, how you're feeling about the recent trade. Yeah, bad news. I'm not a Pacers fan. I'm a Miami Heat fan, but I, but I do. Fan. Okay. But I do go to the games just when they're, when I get free tickets, just nothing else to do. And I'll, I'll only, I'll watch any Pacers game at home. with just, you know, the, channels right there mm -hmm. but i've been following for recently and i think the trade well first of all i think the tyrese dude is really really good yep i'm I'm surprised that they got rid of i mean they didn't everyone they didn't rid of lavert sabonis i'm surprised they got rid of lavert i thought he was he had 44 like last week and then they just trade him immediately that was interesting yeah. but they're in all fully rebuild mode i'm sure miles turns gonna be gone here soon probably but, I think so much – I mean, the whole media and Twitter has been just going after the Pacers saying, you guys haven't had a, a, a single-digit pick in 20 years, and you guys, we sucked. And they probably felt that pressure. They just want to clean house, get as many picks as they can, build off of that. Chris Dorte, he's a really good rookie. He's really, really good. So maybe they build around him, get an actual center. I'm like Miles Turner who's doing TikToks and maybe going one for seven for threes, even though he's seven foot tall, should be under the post. But yeah, what do I know? The, the, the Sabonis trade's definitely tough because – you know, with him and Miles Turner, it, it, rarely you see in the NBA now two teams with two pretty good bigs. So getting rid of Sabonis and now, like you said, the writing's on the wall where they'll probably try to shop Turner uh, somewhere else, which uh, you, know, you lose out on two pretty big, two pretty good bigs and Karis LeVert. So uh, definitely full rebuild mode uh, the Pacers are going into. But uh, yeah, I didn't know you were a Heat fan. So how are you feeling about this season with uh, Miami? He did. Tuck has been very impressive. He's a good core piece. Jimmy Butler and Bam are doing their thing. Kyle Guy, Indiana dude, he made the mm -hmm. roster about a month ago. He's made it. I think they're uh, – I still think it's going to be Bucks going all the way, just to be honest. But yeah. he could be uh, – they, they could play the Bucks today in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think Spolster is a, a very, very good coach. At first, I hated him for some reason, just the whole LeBron era. But he's actually legit. You can get yeah, it going. So, so did you become a fan dirt – like pre, during, or post the LeBron era in Miami? When LeBron came, I came. That's when I became a Heat fan. Gotcha. Nice, nice. I, I, yeah. I'm i sure he had the same sentiments. I'm sure he came as well. Um, oh, God. What, what he learned about your fandom for uh, the Miami Heat. Yeah, I will say, too, that I like Dwayne Wade at Marquette. So when he got drafted, I like the Heat. But, oh, but yeah, yeah. I'm not – I wasn't a real – I'm not I'm not a religious Heat fan. I yeah. just really – I watch. I watch him, and I can't tell you the whole history and shit. Well, the whole Shane Battier days, yeah. When they were when they were winning, that's when I was on board. But now it's like, okay, I'll still watch and bet on him. Playing like so 2K, playing like two K fourteen or fifteen with that those Heat teams was like the greatest time of I think any kid's life because right. that team was just so the bench like they had like ten players where you would score with. You had Wade, Bosh, and LeBron, obviously, but then you had. Mario Norris Cole. And Norris Cole was a bucket on that. Mike Miller, Commerce, yep. Battier. Uh, Giannis um, Haslam was a hundred years old in that game. Yeah. That, that that whenever I think of those Heat teams, I just go back to uh, playing two K with my my buddies during that era. It was the the absolute greatest. So I did the same thing. You you brought up Jack Harlow a little bit before. We texted a little bit about this uh, doing a Jack Harlow songs draft. Um, five rounds. We'll go back and forth because you're the guest who get the first pick. 
Um, the only rule, you just cannot repeat albums. Um, but oh, you know, you're, you're one of the, uh, the biggest Jack Harlow fans out there. Um, last time you, when you were on, you said you weren't ready to call him your best friend yet. Has that changed at all? We're more, we're, I wouldn't say we're friends, but we are dating. Dating, okay. You know, that, yeah. that's... In my head, we are, but no. Nah. Uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't talked to him since he was in an Indianapolis show in November. But okay. I, saw him out, I saw him in L.A. in January for both nights. That was really cool. Um, no, he's, he's uh, about to perform here this Sunday for the... the he's, he's playing the NBA, all, the NBA Celebrity Game on Friday. Oh, really? Yeah, he's playing Friday. Sunday's doing a little show. And supposedly he has a new album coming out. In the next coming months it's gonna be exciting if it's if it's around for summer it's uh you know back-to-back white boy summers and especially with burrow carrying through the winter it's it's gonna get real dangerous out there dude joe bro it is this jack harlow joe burrow white boy 2022 damn near <laughs> i love it damn near all right so you can kick the draft off um whatever so like I said, five songs, five different albums is the draft. We'll go back and forth. Um, I made sure we had five. I made sure that they, we've got uh, at least over five albums to choose from. So, uh, you know, I, I'm excited about this because it's so deep. You, we'll have uh, a, a ton of honorable mentions after the fact because uh, his discography is just so deep. But uh, I'll let you kick it off. So am, I, am I choosing the album first? Um, you go, yeah, you can pick the album. Okay, so wow, I'm about to test see how long you've known Jack. All right, let's go. Let's start off with Gazebo. Okay. My favorite song on Gazebo. I'm about to go detox. You do detox from Gazebo. That's you know, not one I thought would have gone early. Um it's a great song, but I think that they're I, I like that pick. I just wasn't – I was – I'm more surprised that that was the number one pick for you. This time about listening to that song when I first heard it in 2019, driving late night. Yeah. It was, it was 2018, 2018 late night drive. I was thinking about a girl that I was trying to talk to, but she was on to other guys. But hearing that, I don't know, it, was, it created a very uh, – it got attached to me. I think, though, the most popular well, – let me see what yours – answer is first um so i'll go with another one that i think is uh great for a late night drive um off gazebo i'll go with the first track from it with eastern parkway um that's one that like when i hear well i get confused when it starts playing at first because there's like eight seconds of like silence at the beginning so whenever i'm driving a little bit of hearing but yeah yeah so like whenever that comes on on like shuffle i have to check my phone to make sure like it didn't pause or i'm not getting a call or something but uh, it, it, overall, I mean, I think it's a, a great song. And, like, this whole album, I think, is filled up with songs that are great for late-night drives um, and has that late-night feel, especially one like Wasted Youth, um, which is a great, like, summer night song. Um, but And then Dark Night's another one. I, I think that one would fall more into, like, the uh, pump-up category or gym category for music. But uh, an all-around all great, great album album. Um, for Jack, I think it was his second or third one that he put out, but one that kind of had a lot of songs that blew up for him. 
Dark Knight is definitely the most popular song on that album. Eastern Parkway is probably my favorite lyrical song yeah. easily on that album. Wasted Youth, him and Shlub, it's a great, great duo, mm-hmm. great collab. But I try, I, see, when I, when I think of my favorite song, I try to think of the ones people don't think about. They're yeah. kind of slept on as my favorite. That's why I want Detox, but I still, I love that song so much. That, that is what's nice about uh, a guy like Jack Harlow listening to his music is there's so many songs on an album that, especially with the new one that he put out, a lot of people think of Tyler Hero, What's Poppin', um, Way Out are, are definitely like the top of it, already best friends. But there's still so many, when you go deeper and deeper on the album, there's so many good songs that people just won't really listen to or they'll just straight up just overlook. Um, and I think that's what's great about his music is any song that you may have skipped over on your first listen will just be an absolute banger. It's the way he, the music he makes is unreal. It is unreal. He's so talented. The next project you want to do loose? Yeah, let's do loose. This is tough too. Yeah, this hmm. one, not a lot of skips on it. Hmm. Favorite song on Oh, this is so freaking tough. I want, hmm. Even I want the, the end of it too. Like I'm looking at, it, I'm like, maybe there's some at the end that would be deep cuts or maybe ones you could take off right away. Oh. I think, well, the most popular songs, the most popular song Sundown, obviously. Yeah. But I can wait to choose one. Shoot. Probably Sylvia. I like that one. That's a really good one. I'm two for one. I want. I wanted to say vacate. So actually, I want to say Nat for it so bad. That's another like. You know, if I like detox, the easier part. That's another good late night draft song. Yeah. I guess I go Sylvia. Sylvia. I don't want to say okay. Nat. Yeah, it's too good. It's too catchy. Oh, the, this this album I think especially has just so many ones that are so catchy, especially. I mean, he leads it off with Sundown, which is extremely catchy. Uh, yeah. they, they, so, oh, all of them. I mean, you can go through the whole album. All of them are ones that will stick in your head if you recently listen to them, um, which is a huge thing. But, yeah, Sylvia is a great one, especially the, the feature on it with a two-for-one on it. Um, yeah. a, a great song, great pick. Um, that was when I, I actually was going to pick that one there. Um, but So I'm actually going to go with one. Another great feature, the one, uh, the feature with K Camp. I'm gonna go with "Pick Your Phone Up." Uh, the the beat okay, for that, it, that's a great one. The beat for that when it starts up is awesome, um, it, and that that's one another one I've listened to multiple times, late night car ride or with your friends, and that's what's great about this album too is it's so versatile. You can listen to it in pretty much any setting, any scenario. Uh, when you're, it's a good one to throw on if you're playing basketball and you got a speaker. If you're in the car with your friends, if you're alone in the car, like there's a lot of places that this one can be played. And I think Pick Your Phone Up is about as versatile as it comes off that album. Yeah, Tim and K-Camp sound so similar in the song too. It's actually kind of hard yeah. to tell who's doing the, uh, who's doing the uh, what you would call it, the hook and then the chorus. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's a, a fe- I mean, the features on this one were great too. I mean, a, a great one with, I think, a great music video uh, on the back end of the album is Drip Drop with Sci High the Prince is, is another. Oh, I have like a white background, the whole painting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one was awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Next project. You want to hit Confetti? Yes. Oh, my gosh, it's even harder. Man, that's made this tough. 
yeah, this is uh, it, only it doesn't oh get easy. Oh, shit. I, I'm, I'm narrowing down to three right now. Okay. I think I know. I already know what yours are going to be. But, uh, oh, my, this is so fucking tough. So I'm going to choose one on confetti. I got to go River Road. River Road. Nice. That is incredible lyric lyricism right there. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me guess what yours is before I... Hang on, let me let me lock mine in. Okay, I'm between two right now. Let me say this: my favorite, like party song, is Warsaw easily. That that's an awesome one. That's a great party song. Um. All right, so I got mine locked in. Let me guess: you did through the night. I did not pick through the night. Um, oh. I'm going with. Uh, I'm actually going with the one the the song right before River Road. I'm going with Heavy Hitter. Um, oh, another. That upbeat, like, uh, beginning with it, and the lyrics in it are just so awesome. Um, I'd have to go that one or uh, Big Chillin' off this album are, are probably my two favorites. Um, and, and, you know, like, Through the Night was a weird one because I didn't listen to that one initially when it came out. Um, I kind of just shuffled it, and it never really came up in the shuffle, which was weird. So then you'd build a playlist with songs on of what you're listening to, and Through the Night never popped up, and then it, it was about, like, six months after the album came out, I threw it on. I'm like, wow, this song is also a, a, a hit. This one's also awesome. But uh, mm. yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with Heavy Hitter, uh, probably my favorite song from the album. That was my favorite one before the album came out too. Uh, the video is great. I love yeah. the reference to Daryl Isaacs, the hammer. He's yeah. a, he, when you're in like Indiana, Kentucky, driving on the highway, you always see the, the hammer billboard sign. Everywhere yep. you go. So I even I didn't even realize that the hammer was Daryl Isaac until that song. Oh shit, he's making a song about of a guy that I'd see up like the past 10 years of my life. That's awesome. All right. Like, uh, River Road, that, that's, I, man, I love that. So that River Road is a very, very good, it's very a very honest, very lyrical song. Once you if you if you listen to River Road now, so obviously where Jack is now, it, it's just more inspiring. Like, wow, he's pretty much saying, like, how am I how am I not big yet? I thought the last project was maybe something I'm not yet. And yep. then now here he is. That that's his older stuff is great too. And that one River Road feels like one of his older songs that, that was also a hit. Like one of my favorites um is Ice Cream by him. And like it's just so groovy, the beat that he has on it and yeah. the lyrics. And like you can just he sounds a little bit younger too in it, which is awesome. But yeah, I, I agree. River Road is almost like he's frustrated with not being bigger from, I mean, where he should be. That he felt like the uh, loose before that was going to be the one that blew him up. But uh, Confetti mm-hmm. was really the one I think that that put him on the map more. But uh, I mean, Loose is is a great album. Confetti is a great one. Um, do you want to hit Sweet Action next? Yes, for sure. There's only seven. Uh, well, yes, yeah, only seven songs. Mm-hmm. You think it'd be you think it'd be easier? Is eh, it's not that hard. There's like for the, me, Andre. Hmm? What's Poppin's like the obvious one, but I it, it that one got so much play that it's a tough yeah. one to pick. Um, I'm, I'm curious with which with where you're gonna be going with it. I gotta go once May comes. When I heard that song during yeah. like the first two months of COVID, when we were on lockdown, I would play that all the time, just walking and on the street, just kind of near a park, just to get my mind. Mine more open. I just love the um, the intro to that, and then just Jack's voice very smooth and soothing. 
and it's not it's the same lyrics but it's very it's very just good head bop and kind of just relax a bit yeah that's another one i i was between for uh for this pick um so i'll go with my uh, my other pick of too stylish um that was my next one yeah yeah i think i think those are the, the top two when it just comes to overall um listenability and re-listenability um i mean i want to see some ass is a great party song what's poppin's a great party song hey big head's good but i i really feel like too stylish and once may comes are probably the two best songs it just didn't get commercialized as much because of how much what's poppin was a hit and then yeah. when you th- when people think of that second song it's i want to see some ass because that was another one that got a lot of play uh, mm-hmm. from jack and from uh people that heard it so uh i, I do think Sweet action with it only having seven songs isn't was not a very easy one to pick from. Um, you made it. You made no, it, it wasn't. A good point that you think it's uh, less songs will get a lot easier. But uh, finish it off with uh, that's what they all say, which is really what the, is uh, tough because of how deep it is. Very versatile album. You talked about the R and B slow shit, the mm. fast rapping, the the hits. If there's, I've, I thought I tweeted this. Maybe I, no, I don't think I did. But I, this is easy for me. For me, I'm just going straight to it. Twenty one C Delta. I probably play that five times a day, every day. Yeah, it's a transition yeah. is incredible. Mm-hmm. The it's the Delta. I think Delta part's my favorite part. I think Delta I like more than Twenty One C, but it's just a very, it's just horny. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a super horny song, and not many artists are able to do. <laughs> They're not able to, to perfect that like beat switch like he does on 21C Delta. Uh, and it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that would be like, I think the proper word to describe a lot of his music is horny. Um, it is. It, it's, it is horny music because there, there's difference between like party music, uh, um, driving music. And, and when you really kind of combine that all into one, it, it does become horny music. Love is Drill is a very horny song. Oh, very, very. very. I, every time I get my flashlight, I play that song all the time. <laughs> no question about it. Parents, mom's gone, mom's gone, her friends. I, it's time to work. Jesus Christ. What about them? <laughs> um, so my final pick, I'll go with um, one that, that was a little, um, I think, a, a different uh change of pace for uh jack harlow um i'm gonna go with same guy featuring adam levine um probably my i'd have to go with that or uh route 66 is my favorite songs off the album um it was but i i'd find myself listening to same guy more just because of the guitar in the back and adam levine um doing the chorus it is is super nice it it makes it's an enjoyable song to listen to um and shows off i think his versatility Jack's versatility as an artist. So I, I think that's my no-brainer. I listened to that one probably the most off that album. Um, DSTG is my favorite rapper, too. Oh, no. It, yeah, G's, I think he's the hardest rapper, too. I don't mm-hmm. listen much to him, but he is definitely the – that dude is unreal. Yeah. When him and, when him and Jack Harlow work together, it, it is a beautiful thing. It's uh, something that gets the fans going. Oh, yeah, Rotten, Mall Map. There's one more song they do, maybe. But Rotten's, great. Rotten's great. 
Rollins, great. So that'll re- that'll round up the draft. If you're listening, make sure you go vote on Instagram on the poll for who won the draft. But uh, I, I do have a quick question for you. You post on Instagram a birthday post today. Is that your going out? Like, is that your club shirt, the one with all the flags on it? That was a shirt. So that was the play the homies music video for mm-hmm. their song, their song, Home Alone, and the dress code. We had to wear a button-up shirt, and we all we all had to look fly. So I went to a Naptown Thrift. Shout out Naptown Thrift, and I got that little uh, world shirt for like maybe twenty bucks, and then wore that. And that was the one. Now, has that made an appearance uh, anywhere else for you? Is that a, a going out shirt for you? Does that stay in the closet for uh, special occasions? That was the one and done, but I think when, uh, this summer I'm going to have to do my style up and maybe pop pop a few buttons down. I've been, I've been working out so much, so, you know, the chest's looking a little better than usual. I know. So I know. It, it, is, is this summer going to be the one where you're really showing off the summer bod? Definitely. Even last summer. Last summer I had a good bod, but yeah. – this summer we got we're getting a little little more tone and more confident and now I mean now I got a head I mean this is a whole new human being I don't care what you think about me this day I'm gonna walk out my shirt off I'm gonna let her rip oh my god it, it is a spray tan or just more time in the sun shirtless in the cards for you because yeah, that, that's I, the one thing you, you are awfully white it, it is I thank you I'm so I'm so glad someone finally said it <laughs> I, I'm so tired of being white. I need to be tan, bro. It's so hard. I, I well, no, I'm, I'm just too lazy to get tan. If I go out, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the patience to lay down for 30 minutes and get tan. I don't, I can't do it. I need to work not, on that. Not an enjoyable thing to do is just sit out there and bake in the sun. It's so boring. I don't know if people will do it, but I, I do need to get tan. See, so yeah, maybe that's why I'm not having sex. I'm not tan. Mm-hmm. It, I think you need a little bit, just a shade darker for you. I think, I think you're going to be in business. I think so too, man. I think we're on the summer. What if that, you got a nice tan too. I, I, I tan decent. You know, I'm not a big shirt off guy in the summer. So like when, uh, you know, when August rolls around and or September and you start losing the tan a little bit, it's usually just a, a nice farmer's tan from the mm-hmm. neck and face. And then just my arms and my legs a little bit, but uh, my, my body's Casper white, my base body. Uh, so I, I am in the same boat as you. So I'm, I may look into uh, a spray tan and see, see, see what that's all about. Uh, $10 change a man. Yeah. Okay. 8,400. <laughs> I want to um, see if a uh, uh, two for one can hop on this uh, FaceTime so you can introduce, introduce him to you. So we're talking about him on Sylvia. Yeah, definitely dude. Let's see, Let's see what we got. He might be in the studio. I don't know. Let's see it. Two for one. Holy shit. Rain. Not looking good. That's right. Now, do you know him through Private Garden and uh, being with Jack and Urban Wyatt? Yeah, I met, you know, it's funny. I did two for one story here. We, I met, I met Jack at Urban at an airport in LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. And then I met uh, two for one, Schlub, Cheese, and Ace Pro at 
we were playing pickup basketball at the Indiana Pacers practice gym. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I knew I knew who they were, but I didn't want to, I didn't know what to say. So I was kind of like, oh, damn, the, the guys. But I was yeah. playing basketball. They were nice. They were interesting ourselves. But um, after we played basketball, um, I picked up two for one. It's me and him, Drew Thomas, one of Jack's managers, and my friend. We're going to do some barbecue for lunch. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. I knew his name was Juan. No, he said his name was uh, Dewan. So I didn't even think about two for one, but I was putting my up. I was like, so what, I was like, wait, what do you do? He's like, oh, I made music and stuff like that. And then told me about, I was like, wait, are you two for one? I was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, oh, shit. It's awesome. And so me and him and uh, us four, we just got barbecue for lunch. And he was just chilling. We were playing like uh, uh, PS. No, he's playing some games. Yeah, PSP. He was playing uh, games on his phone and watching the Browns. He's a big Cleveland Browns fan. I was very okay. surprised. But we're sitting there watching the game too. But that was the first time I met him was through basketball and getting barbecue. I, I can't lie. Your life does fascinate me because it feels <laughs> like a, a, a GTA character just doing side quests the whole time where you're, you end up playing basketball at the Pacers practice gym with uh, famous musicians. And you, uh, you just, it, it seems like you just fall into stuff and run with it, which fascinates me so much. And it, it's, just so awesome to see. I, I, I can't lie. It's uh, something I think people are definitely envious of. I feel like you know me more than I know myself because I think about, I, I think about, I'm not one to make a whole story. Well, yeah, like the whole Pacers thing, like just a lot of stuff that I've done, whether it's uh, go to sneak into Lollapalooza twice a year and just meet some other rappers or just like go to shooting hoops on the pace just pour after games or whatever like just, I, I i just i see an opportunity to run with it that's really how it is yeah i mean I you, you had another one th- this past weekend um uh, when you you went down to florida and you were playing in a madden tournament with against like terrence ross yeah which, which is just and, and that's another thing that some of the relationships also fascinate me like you're one with terrence ross that goes back it seems like a couple of years like you i, I mm-hmm. brought it up the first time you were on my favorite video still that you've done is the one of you playing 2K. Are you playing basketball at the park and it's the 2K uh, animations with it and your response to them is just hilarious. So like stuff like that, I find uh, beyond fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, man, I think, I think that's one thing that Barstool really helps you on. I, I've, got, I've built on all the opportunities of building connections and keeping them in my back pocket and staying cool with people. And then here I am still just – even though I'm like independent still, I'm still doing Terrence Ross events or I'm still helping out artists and being with them. So it's really when you know someone's, yeah, be, they always say be friendly and shoot everyone's hand. And that's, it's really uh, meaningful. It, they weren't joking when they meant that. It helps a lot down the road. Yeah. So now you got Joey Chestnut coming on your show tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Well, I guess next week when this airs. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, is I'm super excited about you. You had him on that boy, Ben. Um, but I, I do have to ask about the Madden tournament. So that was a Terrence Ross event. Yeah, that was a, it was a, well, it was hosted by, it was like set up by Jump Off Organization. They're a new game and brand. And it was hosted by Terrence Ross and Steven Mass and his co hosts of the T Ross podcast. And it was us, Terrence, Terrence's teammates, Jalen Suds, Shumo Tiki, RJ Hampton. Yeah, there's me, Max Nice from at Instagram, the basketball impersonator, mm-hmm. and uh, Stefania, Stef- wait, Stefania, yeah, she's like a uh, Instagram girl. She's known for playing basketball, and she runs the basketball account. 
But it's funny when I met when I got a photo with Stefania, every dude was like, yo, wait, you know her? Oh, she, oh I got a crush on her, bro. What's she like, bro? <laughs> I was like, well, jump shot sucks, but she's cool. Like, she was like <laughs> one for seven when we played. I was like, fucking four for eight. Anyway, but, yeah, yeah that, that's that's besides that's uh, beside the point. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, she might have more followers than me, but I got, I'm hitting more threes. So who's a, who's a real winner? Absolutely. So a, you ended up winning the the event, correct? I can't. Well, I won all my games. My team came in third. It was a team of three. You had to win two or more games to advance each round, and it came down to where we had a, this girl, our teammate, uh, Tech. She had to win a game, but she got smoked by this one guy. So we came in third place. So we won three thousand dollars. So we, we split nice. each one thousand, and I used that one thousand to get it back on the eighty-four hundred dollar blowjob debt. That's what I put it on. <laughs> We're almost there. Oh, almost chip. Now is that that's definitely worth more than like college loans for you? That that's definitely gotta you gotta you gotta mean a lot. Yeah, it, it was the best day of my life. Now, no now, doubt, it, it changed me for the better. I'm hoping that so this year you're doing uh, where you'll call the girls that gave you head and kissed you. I'm hoping next year when Valentine's Day rolls around, the pod you bring, release another episode of the pod. And drop one with the girl that you lost your virginity to. That would be the ultimate year in review for you. Just the, the absolute, you, it's watching the progress through a recording. It would be pretty elite. It just hurts knowing that I got to wait to be 26 years old just in future. It's all good. Hey, when that day comes, that day comes. Don't, you, you can't stress about it. The way you're working out, I think it's going to be a, uh, a hot boy summer for Mantis. Yeah, I, no, I thank you for the words. If it, if it ain't this summer, then I'm just going to hit up Ben Polizzi and call it a night. Shit. <laughs> More than my guy, really. <laughs> That's awesome. Mantis, man, I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I, always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, plug away with uh, where people can find you and uh, where people can find 3-1 Heaven. At 3-1 Heaven, Instagram, T-H-R-E-E, the number one, and then H-E-A-V-E-N uh three the number o-n-e heaven on twitter if you go if you go young man just two on my social platforms you can see all the heavens there but heaven's here make people laugh and sell some dope ass merch that's what we're here for awesome like i said yes, I, I appreciate you coming on man and uh thank you for listening to this episode of the my parents office podcast stay tuned for more episodes we'll be releasing uh next week flip phones i was trying to slide go bananas trying to be the apple of your eye real shit baby got me stressed on vacation no escaping playing with my head in my heart she would shut me up quick